You are listening to Intrepid Healthcare's exclusive coverage of the HIMSS Annual Conference and Exhibition. Welcome to HIMSS 15 Direct from Chicago. Our coverage is brought to you by CTG Health Solutions, your trusted advisor for healthcare IT advisory and consulting services. And now, here are your hosts, Joe Lavelle and Ray Ann Thorne. Welcome to a special episode of Intrepid Healthcare live from the HIMSS 15 exhibition floor in Chicago. I'm your host, Joe Lavelle, and I'm excited to be bringing you Talk HIT with CTG with my friend and co-host, Rayanne Thorne, from a remote studio right here in the CTG Health Solutions booth. Rayanne, let's talk a little about CTG. Uh, I love CTG. It has been such great fun to be here at HIMSS 15. They provide a great career opportunities for folks that are interested in really sharing a passion and helping transform healthcare organizations and how they deliver care. If you want to be a part of the CTG team, you can just go to the website ctg.com forward slash careers to learn more about how you can become a member of the CTG team. All right, enough about us. We're going to get right to it. Today, we're joined by fellow South Alabamian, Eddie Stevens, CIO of Mobile Infirmary Health System. Eddie, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> it's so nice to meet you, Eddie. It's our pleasure. Before we begin our discussion today, please give the audience a little bit about you and your background. My name is Eddie Stevens. I am the Vice President of Information Technology and CIO at uh, Infirmary Health System, Mobile, Alabama. I have been with Infirmary Health for 34 years. Whoa. Uh, I have been serving as the CIO for the last 15 I laugh and tell people that I used to be a programmer, but now my job is public relations and fundraising. <laughs> Infirmary Health is a integrated delivery system along the Gulf Coast region of Alabama. We're primarily in the Mobile and Baldwin County areas with our facilities, but we are expanding into Escambia County, and our footprint does reach into the Mississippi Gulf Coast, as well as several other counties around southwest Alabama. Well, Eddie, I know some of this firsthand because I am a patient, and I am part of the patient health record of your system. But tell us a little bit about your journey through meaningful uses, especially anything you might have learned or have done differently. Okay. We chose Epic as our clinical information systems vendor, and we signed a contract with Epic in 2008, and we used a a phased-in approach across all our facilities and actually reached what I would consider full implementation about a year and a half ago to include physician documentation and CPOE, all being done electronically. So for the most part, we have a paperless chart now. We are continuing to add modules that were not in our original scope with Epic, and our IT strategy really says we look to Epic first now. If Epic has a module that is appropriate when we need to replace or add a module, then we choose Epic. If Epic does not have a module that is appropriate for that, then we continue with a best-of-breed strategy, but it is Epic first and then a best-of-breed after that. We've been fairly successful with our Meaningful Use strategy. At two of our hospitals, we have attested for Meaningful Use Stage 2, Year 1. If what I'm hearing is true, I could go ahead and attest for Stage 2, Year 2, and use the 90-day window in 2015. Uh, One of our smaller hospitals has attested for Stage 1 both years and is ready to attest for Stage 2. We have made him Stage 6 for all of our hospitals. That's great. So um, we are now focused on that last hurdle of getting to him stage seven. 
We have targeted the two or three things that are our main gap in making him stage seven. So that's a big push for us in the coming year. That's great to know. What are those two or three things? Then? Uh, one of the things that we have to do is we have to integrate the vital signs monitors in all of our critical care units. It's not something that, we, you know, for him, stage seven, you have to have all of your critical care units interfaced. And so that's something that we will complete as a goal in this, in this year, at least in one of our hospitals. We'll try to do it in all three in this year. And then the other thing is not a, to us as much a, a hurdle is getting any remaining sheets of paper scanned and on the chart within 24 hours. And we pretty much have a plan for that. We've been addressing it multiple fronts, eliminating paper coming into the system by working with our physician providers to submit that information electronically or at the very least being able to scan that information to us rather than fax it and right, us turn right. around and scan it. And then the last thing that we have to do is fully implement the barcode scanning of blood products. We have barcoded and and we have a lot of safety procedures in place about barcoding blood, but we don't have the same level of implementation that we do with medications. We do the whole closed loop with medications, but we need to close the loop as it were with the blood. Oh, you're really close. Those sound attainable. Yeah, they are. And we have budgeted dollars in the fiscal year that we just began, April 1, and have really done the the gap analysis of what we need to do to obtain him stage 7. It's definitely a goal. It will be a goal on all my leaders in IT's uh, performance plan for this year, so it'll be important for everybody. That's right. Well, Eddie, we're looking for you to join in on a pact between Ray and and I. Okay. We next, have a pact. Next hymns, we're not going to talk about ICD-10. Cause I, I, I hope not. I hope it's going to be af- done and over with. We hope so, too. That's the worst thing I think could happen is that they push ICD-10 off again. We have tried to act like it didn't get moved and continued to work and test. Good. Good. We have continued to make it a priority. I will tell you that when they keep kicking the can forward, it's difficult for us to maintain the same level of intensity, but we have not abandoned the project at all. We are on target to begin our dual coding, double coding, whatever you right, want to call right. it, later this spring. We're hopeful that it goes forward, and we're planning like it's going to go forward. Are you concerned that private practices won't be able to keep up? I think there is some concern there. And, of course, we use Epic in our ambulatories, most of our practices. And so we have been working on that project as well with Epic for our physician practices. I do think it is a concern for particularly the smaller practices that it's going to be an issue and whether they're... IT systems are going to be ready to be able to handle that. You know, one thing or observation I've made, Eddie, we've talked to 20 CIOs as we near the end of our second day, and most of them are EVIC CIOs. I feel like some confidence in those communities that when those docs are 45 days out and their ARs in the dumper, (laughs) that at least there's that safety net of you have this experience. You may not be able to get to... 100 physician practices, but you could probably jump 20 physician practices onto your system in Mobile and all these other places where there's epic shops and they've rolled out the community product and they're ready to help and support it. It, I hope it doesn't come to that, but I feel like that might be a safety net. I certainly hope it doesn't come to that either, but I do think, you know, we do have a number of physicians in the Mobile and Baldwin County area who are not part of our infirmary health network but our affiliated physicians with us, they're on our medical staffs who have already engaged with us and who do have Epic Ambulatory installed in their offices, and we support that for them. And I won't say we have this 
down to a, a science, but we have done enough of these ambulatory installs that we have a pretty much a, a good plan, and we've covered most of the specialties now. We just stood up our first pediatric groups, so we've covered most of the specialties now, family practice, internal medicine, OBGYN, that kind of thing. So I think it is an opportunity for us, uh, should that situation arise, but I certainly I would much rather do it for different reasons than to have to do it in a crisis mode. Absolutely. We're going to play a little buzzword bingo. Uh. <laughs> population health, what's your take? Are you guys pursuing some population health? We are at a very early stages. It's like a lot of things, and as Joe knows, being from South Alabama, things don't take root quite as quickly in South Alabama <laughs> as they do other parts of the country. And so population health, even though it's on, on our radar and we do talk about it and we have been investigating it and we've been doing some things with our own population for wellness. I mean, we have a very intense wellness program for our own covered lives of infirmary employees and their family members. So we've got, a great place to start. We've got seven or 8,000 people in a, a wellness program, and it's really proven to help us keep the cost of our health care down, but it's also improved the health of our population. And we are also have reached out into the community, and we have like Mobile County employees and several other organizations that have joined into our wellness program that we are marketing out into the community. So that's kind of our first foray into the population health arena. When I think about population health from an IT perspective, uh, there's a lot of work to do in terms of predictive analytics and those kinds of things. And so we're a little bit behind the curve on that because we haven't, you know, we haven't engaged to that level. But it's definitely something that's coming. It'll probably come to a theater closer to somebody else than it will me sooner, but it's, it's going to happen. But it's interesting to hear you say, and I'll reinforce your approach, several of the CIOs have told us, look, we started with our own population in, in Boise and Birmingham and Mobile, you're one of the largest employers. and uh, yeah, we are. You are the largest employer. Right. We are the largest employer, a single-site employer in, in Mobile County, with, except for the school system. Okay. Uh, so we are one of the larger employers. We do have a pretty big footprint. I mean, we're talking over 5,000 employees, covered lives to extended families, probably 8,000 lives. You know, we get a lot of experience in managing our own population that I think industry in Mobile is seeing and partnering with us because... We have been successful at managing our own population. Absolutely. That's great. We'd love to give people a chance to brag on their team back home. Eddie, tell us about a great project that you accomplished this year. Your team might have knocked some challenge out of the park. Well, the most recent thing that I'm very proud of my team, one of the things that we did not put in scope originally with Epic was the OpTime project, which is OR management system. We had been a longtime SIS customer at Mobile Infirmary, and as we acquired Thomas Hospital in North Baldwin, we had not rolled SIS out because we knew that at some point we would go with OpTime. Mobile Infirmary does a tremendous amount of surgeries. The first day we went live with OpTime on March the 24th, we did over 70 cases at Mobile Infirmary that day. And we had one five-minute delay on start time, and it had nothing to do with op time. So I, I can't say enough about my team and all the parties that were involved in that. We stood up an anesthesia module, which is the first time we'd ever interface the anesthesia machine. So we were working with... Wow. We were working with the CRNAs and the MDs in the anesthesia area. We had the surgeons. We had, we were doing Epic pre and post, but we weren't doing scheduling, and we uh, we were still doing scheduling on SIS, and we were not doing the intra op and the anesthesia piece. So we just stood that up live on March the twenty fourth, and it went knock on wood. It went as great <laughs> as as any implementation we've done in a long, long time. 
my team back home is just tremendous in what they did with that because we had a lot of challenges to overcome. I mean, some just from equipment and space in the rooms and how we mounted monitors on anesthesia carts and and all (laughs) kinds of opportunities that they did a great job. And, And the other thing that we have going right now is that we are going to bring Atmore Community Hospital under the infirmary umbrella on June 1. Okay. So for 20 years, Atmore Community Hospital has been managed by Baptist of Pensacola. Yeah. And the Escambia County Healthcare Authority did an RFP, brought in a consultant a year or so ago, and they made a determination they wanted to go a different direction. They put out an RFP. We responded to it, as well as Ascension Health, which is Sacred Heart and Providence in our area, Pensacola and, and Mobile. And then Baptist responded to it as well. Uh, We were fortunate to be chosen after 20 years with Baptist to get that business. So we're going to manage that hospital. It will not be an owned hospital. Escambia County Healthcare Authority owns it, but the employees will be ours. We'll lease them back to Escambia County or to Atmore Community Hospital. The administrator will transfer and become an employee of ours. And all of the IT systems that will be used there will now be, they'll be running Epic. They'll be running all of our other systems out of the Mobile Data Center. So we have been working on that for a while. Congratulations. And, uh, we have that uh, ready to, to go or almost ready to go on June 1. That's, That's very awesome, exciting. Eddie. I didn't know that we have property in Bruton, Alabama. We have more halfway. So well, and, this uh, is old home. And there's a. I'm maybe speaking a little bit out of school, but there's probably a possibility that we may have a discussion with another hospital. All right. Uh, it might be a little closer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. That sounds great. So as you look at the rest of your week here and the, the opportunity that we've had to attend HIMSS 15 in Chicago, anything left on your plate to gobble up? I heard you bust out a tune a little bit ago. Are you going to hit the karaoke bar tonight? <laughs> I'll probably not. Well, my wife's not going to dinner with us tonight, and so when she's not with me, I get a little wilder than I normally do. <laughs> she can kind of keep me in check, and, and I, I tend to embarrass her. She she did come for my 10 o'clock presentation in the Knowledge Center this morning, and I made a few jokes and did a few dialectic accents, and <laughs> she just kind of hung her head. Hung but, her head. But the 40 or so people who were in my presentation seemed to enjoy it, uh, and they that's asked a lot of matters. questions. Yeah. That's uh, all the only thing that I have on my that's a real pressing item on my agenda is I'm a huge baseball fan as well as being a huge University of Alabama football fan, but I'm going to get to do one of my bucket list things. I'm going to go to Wrigley Field tomorrow First night. First time First time at Wrigley? Wrigley Field. Good for see you. The, see the Cubbies. So. Day awesome. game. Yeah. It's a day game. Yeah, so I'm, I'm real excited about that. So we're... Uh, Enjoy I'm looking, that. I'm looking Enjoy. forward to that. Take yeah. pictures. You know, Eddie, I've been to Chicago 75 times, and I want to go to... It's on my bucket list, yeah. too. I love Wrigley Field. I just got to do it. A few years ago, I started checking things off my bucket list, and my wife started posting them on Facebook. <laughs> I, I went to the Field of Dreams in Iowa and you know, those Aww. kinds of things, and, my, and I went to spring training, and my, oh, my wife's... Fun. Some of my relatives back home started asking my wife if I was sick. <laughs> <laughs> she said, no, he's just trying to get it all checked off. Get it all in. Before he gets too old. Well, he feels good. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Do it before you retire. That's, That's right. Words to the wise from my father-in-law. That's right. So as we wrap up, how can folks reach out to you or find out more information? If they want to find out more information about Infirmary Health, they can go to our website, which is www.infirmaryhealth.org. Perfect. Perfect. And are you 
jumping into the foray that is social media? Do you have a presence there? Does the hospital have a presence? Uh, the hospital does have a Facebook page. Awesome. Uh, the hospital has a Twitter account. I try, to, <laughs> I try to avoid all that stuff. I do not have a Facebook page. I do not have a Twitter account. Well, uh, my, we know your wife does. My so. wife has a Facebook account, and I, I stalk on it. There you go. All <laughs> there right. You go. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a Eddie, pleasure really to meet you. It. And right. we'll wrap it up. That wraps this live broadcast from Hymns 15. Again, we want a quick shout out to our friends at CTG Health Solutions. Absolutely. They have a cross-discipline approach, which rises to the challenge of today's care delivery, business and regulatory environment, and results in value-based integrated solutions that are tailored to the unique needs of each and every client. On behalf of our guests, Eddie Stevens and my co-host, Rayanne Thorne, I'm Joe Lavelle, and Intrepid Healthcare's live coverage from Chicago, we'll be right back. 